innovative, often duplicated. When enough people get on the trend, I elevate it. Make it way harder for them to follow what I take. It hard to swallow like a lozenger lodged in your trachea. Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up. So just take your stuff, rake it up, and take the bus. Never fake the funk, you painted skunks. You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space, so the weight is up. Fight. WHUPLP Hillsborough, the center of the known world. This is the Cage Side Concussion Cast, your source for the fighting arts in the Carolinas and beyond. I am Jeff Shaw, and I just watched It's a Wonderful Life for the 372nd time, so I am soggy with holiday cheer and was I just. Quit. <laughs> Don't quit, Trevor. You can't quit. I w- it, would you quit if I did the whole show in a Jimmy Stewart impersonation? I'd love you for that more, uh, dude. Still, how, how could you possibly love me more? I, I ask you. I don't know. With me, as always, you just heard him. Is my main man, the Harvey the Rabbit, to my George Bailey, Trevor Hayes. H- how are things today, Trevor? Good. You know, I've had a good weekend reviewing all the best of the Black Friday uh, shopper riots. So that usually fills me with cheer for the holidays. Did you see any of those in person? Were you involved in any? No, no. The last time I did that was two or three years ago. My friends and I tailgated a Target Black Friday sale. Like, we're, we're tailgating in the back of a truck and trying to egg on our small riot while we're all wearing jean shorts and a jean jacket. Yeah, you probably shouldn't mention that. The statute of limitations is seven years, and so if it was just two or three years ago. Trevor, ah. means, Trevor means eight years law enforcement personnel. I mean, eight listening. years ago. Yeah. So we college. We're coming to you live on 104.7 FM and streaming live at WUPFM, WHUPFM.org. So come with us, won't you, to listen to the untold stories of martial arts in North Carolina and beyond. Um, so one of the things I remember about our Dewan Owens interview a few weeks ago, Trevor, is at the end of it, we both exclaimed, Hey, why do we only have a one-hour show? Yeah, we we really do run out of time with a lot of the guests that we have. We just get going and going and going, and an hour just isn't enough. Yeah, I would. I I, I definitely think so, and it's definitely true with guys like Roy Marsh, with guys like Andrew oh Smith, gosh. and with guys like Dewan Owens. We had we had Frankie on here from Sarah BJJ, mm-hmm. and we could have just kept going and we had to was that interview cut short a little yeah. bit or I mean, it was yeah no we had yeah, to we had I like to, I, and, and in fact yeah yeah and I'd edit it down not just because of the profanities well, but hmm. but also because like every time we try and wrap it up he'd tell another hilarious story and so so all of this is to say uh Dewan Owens is back in the house by popular demand everybody really liked that interview I love talking to Dewan I know oh, you yeah. love talking to Dewan and so since then he's finished one fight and scheduled another and so we're going to recap uh, that stuff with him talk a lot about other martial arts stuff with him and so that'll happen in about 10 minutes so please st- I would listen to Dewan talk about basically anything you, you know what I don't play chess I'll listen to that man talk about chess for sure so we'll talk about chess face punching rap music uh b-boying and various other things with Dewan owens in about 10 minutes but before then we're going to summarize some martial arts news from the weekend if we missed anything please let us know we're on twitter and instagram at cage side whoop you can also use that hashtag cage side whup get at us via email cage side whoop at gmail.com we're on facebook at cage side radio all of this information is on our show page at whoopfm.org. If you missed the show, catch the replay on iTunes or on whupfm.org. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. So let's get into the news. Oh, yeah, we're on iTunes we're now. On, I know. We're, we're somebody. So adult. We're, we're somebody. Yeah, so everyone needs to look up the scene from the jerk with the phone book. I'm somebody, I'm somebody. And you'll understand how we feel. We'll post that to the website. Maybe, maybe I'll make an animated GIF with your face on the Steve Martin face. Oh, best day ever. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the holidays, Trevor. I, I'm in the spirit of giving. 
And today I'm giving out a rant uh, to start our new segment because uh, after Holly Holm beat Ronda Rousey uh, a couple weeks ago in one of the most exciting upsets in martial arts history, everybody had a reaction, right? Think of the exciting fights this opened up. We're going to need Sarah McMahon get an opportunity. Uh, will Ronda return to get the belt back or is she going to try and go do movies? Will Holly Holm be able to handle, handle elite wrestlers? All these reactions happened. And some of you guys heard my reaction that this might be the most significant event for the future of women's MMA in the mainstream. Unfortunately, a guy named Dave Ruthenberg, who writes for the, the News and Eagle newspaper in Enid, Oklahoma, also had a reaction. And his reaction was this. He sells, what, 10 copies a week? Yeah, maybe. Is that about it? Yeah, right, exactly. You know, he, down, at, down at the gas and sip. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, but so this guy, Dave Ruthenberg, asked, can we st please stop ignoring what he called women's UFC? Which, <laughs> which immediately tells you he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's <laughs> UFC's the brand, mixed martial arts. And so this piece was absurd, and I'm not going to link to it, or uh, if I link to it, I'll do one of those do not link things, but he trotted out these tired old arguments against women's MMA that we've heard about a zillion times. He just doesn't like to see it, Ruthenberg wrote, and as we all know, what people should be allowed to do totally depends on whether those things make stodgy old men uncomfortable. So if it makes a stodgy old man uncomfortable, gosh, can we just not do that? Uh, the answer to that's no. Uh, he also wrote that women's MMA flies in the face of what he called the natural order of things. And he said that, when, that, that we men, we, we, we pitiful failure men, rely on women to keep us civilized, to keep us in line. And so I, I, Has he seen today's society? I know, right? Evidently not. I mean, maybe Enid, Oklahoma is a little different than yeah. every other place I've been. I'm not sure. They still bow and curtsy when they walk into the grand ballroom? I hope he bows and curtsies. I hope he has a nice, a fetching pink cocktail dress. But... You know, the other thing about this argument that angered me is like, he's like, it, it, you know, men are bad. We need women to be, you know, pretty and to make us good and civilize us. And, and to me, it's like, okay, in a world of violent men, why would women need to learn to fight or defend themselves? You know, why? why I mean, I think there's probably some logic to women learning self-defense, which is something that this guy doesn't seem, doesn't seem to get. And here's the, here's the funny thing, too. I know that there are people out there that think this way. But to me, this attitude is super rare among people who actually train. You know, and I, I think you'd agree with me on that. I see you nodding. Oh, and like, absolutely, yeah. So from my perspective, and you know, and I'd like to get your take on this too, Trevor, those of us that actually do martial arts and are involved in combat sports, be it jiu-jitsu, MMA, kickboxing, whatever it is, we see the hard work that our training partners and students put in. We see the value it brings to their lives in terms of their physical health, their confidence, their ability to defend themselves. We respect that work ethic. We respect that desire to challenge yourself. We respect the courage, yes, courage, it takes to face off against another person, man or woman, who is trying to hurt you. And so to Dave Ruthenberg, I say this, I'm sorry that you're so insecure about women being able to whoop your ass, but I still hope that Santa Claus brings you something. In this case, I hope Santa Claus in the form of Holly Holm brings you a kick to the dome in the most civilized way possible. I'm all about women fighting. I mean, <clears throat> like it, I mean, you know, there's the, the only gray areas, you know, women shouldn't fight men in yeah. competition. Like that's one of those like clear lines of, ah, you mm -hmm. know, um, same thing, like you know, WNBA against NBA. That's that, that's like the right. night and day difference as far as like men and women's MMA. But for women to fight, absolutely go for it. Yeah, I mean, why not? Like I encourage it. I I am all about women putting down. You have uh, some righteous female students, right? Yeah, I do. Like uh, my homie uh, Erica, she's competed at the Golden Gloves. She's had a handful of boxing matches, getting ready for a uh, Muay Thai fight next year. Like. Mm -hmm. Dude, guys are scared to, like, work out with her. Like, yeah. when I tell her to pick it up, like, I mean, and I've worked out, like, uh, my good friend, Bonnie Mann. Oh, dude, she uh, actually fought Holly Holm back oh, wow. in the day and went the distance. And, uh, 
I, I'm all about, like, she was a big inspiration as, like, women should fight, you know, because she knocked me clean out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, Bonnie, was, like, it wasn't, like, clean out, but, like, she popped me with an overhand right, and I was like, wow, that was one of the hardest overhand rights I've ever been hit. And Bonnie Man was a uh, former professional boxer, held a couple world titles, and uh, she was, like, my second mom when I was working at this gym for a while, and... Yeah, so after that, I was like, wow, you know, women should totally do this. Yeah, no, I, to- I totally concur. And, like, women can do anything men can do, including obtain the benefits from combat sports. Absolutely. So a couple other new di- news they, items. The, and that's the big thing, the benefits, like, the, the confidence from, like, women. I mean, it's like I even tell guys, you don't have to fight. You know, women that come in and they want to fight, I'm like, you don't have to. Train first, see how it feels. But there's, like, that, the benefit of the confidence being in shape and knowing that, you can throw them things, as the one would say, if you have to in a self-defense situation. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Just that confidence, you know, yeah. and like I think, I mean, you know, we can talk about self-defense for martial arts in a bit. We'll talk to Dewan about it when he calls in in two minutes as well. Um, so a couple more news items. Uh, the one thing I wanted to preview real quick, the Fredson Pai Shao Seminar is this weekend, December 5th, at uh, the Killer Bee Training Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina. I will be there. Dewan will be there. Fredson is a legend. Go out and train with that guy. He's graciously allowed us, and thanks to Marcel Fucci for helping me hook this up, uh, he's, he's going to let us record a quick interview with him, which, oh, we'll play, awesome. which is going to yeah. be awesome. So we're going to play excerpts of that next week. You'll definitely want to check that out. I want to shout that out. So if you haven't registered, December 5th, Killer Bee Training Center out in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Uh, Trevor, you got any news before Dewan calls in briefly? Uh, some fisticuffs news that happened over the weekend. Um, there was the UFC Seoul event in Korea. I can never say that place right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Benson Henderson eked by uh, Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. A lot of people are saying that Jorge won. <laughs> I, I want to go back and watch that fight. Uh, Tyson Fury upset Klitschko in professional boxing. And then uh, Kevin Ross and... Uh, uh, went down to Peru and won a world title in Muay Thai. So he was, came back from a two or three fight losing streak to go win a title. So, that, you know, just some, you know, for us fisticuffers, it was a good weekend, I guess. Yeah, it was a, lots of face punching. Very little in the way of jiu-jitsu over the Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, I feel so bad because you're like, hey, did anything happen this weekend <laughs> in, in fisticuffs? I was like, I don't think so. And I sat down and I was like, oh, yeah, all this stuff that happened. And I didn't write it down. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. And, you know, there's always stuff going on in the world of martial arts. And, uh... So, so we're gonna wait for Dewan to call in. But like one, one other thing, and we'll talk to Dewan. Oh, I see Dewan is calling right now. So let me play this bumper. This is Team Voice Gracie Southern Pines, and you are listening to the Cage Side. Do we have the Cage Side Enforcer, the one and only Dirty South, on the line? Yo, yo. The man, the legend, Dewan Owens, an individual who at Open Mat I saw dancing to the Bay Ballers remix of I've Got Five on it last weekend, something that I will <laughs> soon forget. Welcome back to the Cage Side Concussion Cast, Dewan. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate that, guys. Yeah, of course, of course. So, are, are the girls nearby to give a shout out? No, no, uh, no. Daddy Daycare is, uh, you know, on time out. I'm on leave right now. So, oh, all right. Are you, you know, I'm, a, I'm in, I, yeah. You're up in uh, Virginia right now? No, but. Yeah, I'm up in Virginia. I'll be back down soon. I'll be back down on uh, on Thursday. I'll oh, be right down on, on Thursday. Right so, on. for those of you that didn't I wish I was up there in the studio, man. This is so much more personal, you know, being inside. But it, you know, it's all good. We'll get you back in the studio at some point. We wish you were here too, but you know, a man's got responsibilities. For those of you that didn't hear our first interview with Dewan, for one thing, you can go back and listen to that on the Whoop FM website or on iTunes. But Dewan brought his two adorable little girls in, and we're going to play a bumper uh, of them uh, identifying the Cage Side Concussion cast later. So that's something that y'all can look forward to. Uh, but so, Dewan, first of all, I want to talk to you about when we had you in the studio. We were previewing your last fight. 
uh, with Odyssey fights right. against um, Myron Baker up in uh, up in uh, in DC. Richmond. Richmond, right. right? Sorry, Virginia. It's all the same to me. I'm, I'm just, uh, uh, you know, I'm, geography. I failed it in school, but in Richmond. <laughs> but at any rate, so we previewed that fight, and you ended up getting the win for that fight. And so maybe you could just right. take, take us through how that fight went, like what you, what the game plan was going in, how you thought the fight went, and uh, and recap it for us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, first things first. I heard the interview after that, so you know I got to jump on Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get to my man Trevor in a minute. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I even said it. I was like, Dewan's going to get on me for saying yeah, it's this. All good. Hey, I had to be hey, neutral. It's yeah. all good, baby. It's all good. But, uh, but no, seriously, though, um, the game plan, um, I, use, I honestly, I, I don't go into fights with specific game plans. Maybe I have, like, a, a general idea of uh you know being aware of this guy's skill sets like danger areas but i really try to make the fight as, as much of a fight as possible and um you know like i always say winning is priority of course you, you have to win but i really do want to fight and put on a show and just you know it, it's, it's very important to me you know i you know this is entertainment this is entertainment and i think you know a lot of people don't understand that there's a big difference from being a martial artist and a prize fighter. I'm, I'm a martial artist outside of the gym. So when I'm training with my jujitsu buddies, my Muay Thai buddies, or, you know, if I'm wrestling, uh, you know, notice I'm saying not my wrestling buddies, these guys are my buddies, but, you know, they help me, uh, you know, get this wrestling, because wrestling is, is very important for prize fighting. But prize fighting is not the same as just, you know, martial arts in general, okay? Uh, when we think about prize fighting and being a prize fighter, you, you're talking about, trying to generate revenue so because again it is your job it is your it is your job that's how you get paid without eyes without viewers you you don't get paid so you know and and you see that in in other sports that are you know they're just as as um interesting just as good but it's just not the money in them you know water polo something like that <laughs> chess something i love there's no so so it's the same thing so so the the, uh, the that aspect is very important so anyway not to get too far off topic but um, no specific game plan, but I knew he was pretty well-rounded, but not great in anywhere, in my opinion. You know, I thought I was, I was uh, more skilled um, in every aspect of MMA before the fight. And now I see he was, you know, physically he was definitely a, 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 a much stronger guy, you know. Um, or maybe when I'm at that weight anyway. You know, I, I usually like walking around around 180. But, uh, yeah, he, he definitely was strong. And um, so the game plan was just, Try to keep the fight uh, standing. If I if I get in the clinch, then I'll you know take them down. And once I get on top, as with any of these guys, if, if I get on top, the the fight is going to be over. Period. You know, I've never I I don't I don't think I've ever lost a fight, a pro fight that I've actually had top position at any point. You know, maybe if I didn't finish them that round, I finish them next round. But uh, you know. I work a lot of ground and pound in jiu-jitsu, so I'm confident well, with that. Yeah, watching that fight, one of the things that struck me was, first of all, My Myron's top control was really good, but you uh, were able to work a really effective hook sweep game, which eventually ended up getting you on top, and which, which mm -hmm. in my in, in my estimation, led to that finish with the head and arm choke. You were able no to doubt. soften him up with punches, and then it looked like he was. It looked to me like he was trying to recover guard, and in that transition, you caught his neck. Well, you're a little bit nicer than, than I am. Uh, he. Uh, he, I threw an elbow at him, and he kind of turtled up a little bit. You know, he kind of turned away. And, um, you know, this is this just goes back to what I'm talking about, the martial arts aspect. You know, one thing, training the triangle jiu-jitsu, uh, and when I speak of Jake Whitfield specifically, this joker made sure my punch block defense 
is, is just on point, even at the earliest stages of my pro career. And if it's not on point, you're going to just get punched in the face. And not only that, if anybody trains with Jake, he'll elbow you in training. You know, so so I had to get that punch block defense uh, on Smash. And, and, and the, the, the crazy thing about that, again, when we take it to the prize fighting element, again, not to keep harping on that, but you're not just fighting a guy. Like I said before, you're fighting a time limit. So there can be guys that you're more skilled than as a martial artist, but if you don't know how to compete in, you know, in a mixed martial arts bout in, in a prize fighting uh, way, then, you you know, the, 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 the more skilled guy sometimes doesn't win because of the rules. So... So defense is priority, but again, uh, Jake really helped me with that, and that that actually I think helped me a lot in the fight because I didn't take any any damage. I rarely take damage in fights, but I didn't take any damage. I didn't feel uh, any sense of urgency when I'm on the bottom. With that, I probably you know should have because I was on the bottom a little bit too long, but I, I was waiting for the right opportunity, and um, you know he started getting weaker. You know his base started getting a little a little looser, and the third round, you know he just. And then the butterfly sweep, he just felt felt real real light. And then, you know, like I said, the elbow, he kind of turned away. And, you know, uh, arm triangle is one of my favorite positions. I'm, I'm sorry, favorite submissions in uh, in grappling. It's always there from the top. It's all, and now it's always there. You can force it. You can force it from literally anywhere. You can force it from side mount when you hit him the opposite side, anything. So he kind of turned away. And um, I, I knew I had to finish the fight. I wanted to punch him a little bit just to, you know, get some payback. But uh, you know, we had, I had to finish the fight. I know where the time was because he, he definitely was uh was winning um, going into that third. So this is your third uh, straight win, your third straight finish by submission. Is it? And I know that you oftentimes use strikes like you know elbows and such to set up your submissions. Is this is that something you consciously have been trying to work more of the submission game, or is it just your strikes set it up, you see it, and you take it? I mean, I don't I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or what, but I just don't like like when I used to just throw a lot of elbows and just try to punish guys. And if they block, just keep caving them in with elbows. And a lot of times, um, if you're landing, of course, you're going to get a TKO stoppage. But from the ref- referee's perspective, um, when you even accumulation, even if the guy's blocking, it's just like, oh, man, look, he's taking a lot of damage, so they stop. And I used to just really like doing that. I, now I just... I just don't have time for all that. I just want to know, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what it is, but I, I, I watch some of my old fights because I still, I still do sometimes. There's some I be on top, just elbow and elbow and elbow and elbow, and, and now it's like, oh, no. Just, Would you say you know, it goes with possibly like a level of a uh, fight maturity that you see happen throughout people's yeah, careers? Yeah. Like uh, you'll see some guys go from being, you know, what I just want to get out here and just kind of like what you're talking about, like. Go out there to the show now. It's like no, I can do this, and it's a lot easier to win now. That that level of fight maturity that happens after after time. Yeah, it's it's twofold. I, that that to a to a uh, a great extent, and also just because again the the the, the showman element is, is still important, but also closing the deal. You know, if you get in the this net, regardless of wanting uh, to put on the show, there's never going to be a time where I can close the deal, and then I don't because I want to. You know, whoop the guys. Can we cut over here? No. You, yeah. well, <laughs> no. I don't. Okay. Well, CJ, okay. CJ's been the okay. one guy that's gotten it through on no. air. But no, no, no. I'm sorry about that, guys. No. This is when I get really, you know, animated. <laughs> you know, I, I like to just use colorful words. But uh, <laughs> but uh, no. You know, I, I, there's never going to be a time where I could finish the guy, and I I I, I don't because I want to beat him up more. That just that doesn't make any sense. So I think now just um being more comfortable using my grappling in fights is just the the avenues to finishes they're just there they're they're always there and but I definitely will use um I do I still use elbows to set them up 
because guys are, you know, in MMA fights, guys are strong, man. They're tough. They're framing real hard. They're, it's not the same as just rolling with a guy in the gym, man. In the fight, this guy, you're like, man, how can this dude be? I mean, guys are, guys are really strong. You know what I mean? They, do you, they know do you think that this mind. might be a uh, – this might have happened from when – we first all used to hang out stuff like that. You were big about just doing a whole lot of no gi. Uh, do you think that this maturity of uh, your groundwork for MMA has come from you doing a lot of work in the gi? Because lately you've been all about that gi, showing up to open mats with a gi, which was unheard of of the Dewan like two, three years ago. Do you think that maturity would, level would, for your for your ground game in MMA has come from using that gi a lot? I would love to. It would sound good to say yes, but no. I still very much despise the geek. Not that I, honestly, let me be honest. It's, no, I'm, just, I'm just joking. It's not that I don't like the geek. I just don't like stalling. And I really, you know, um, I do a lot of things outside of MMA. Besides being a family man, I do a lot of things. And uh, I just, the time that I dedicate toward training, I want to train. You know, it reminds me when I, when I was very serious about chess and I played games and guys would want to, you know, take 20 minutes between each move. I'm like, dog, we could have got five games in and we both got better than this one long game. You know, we still doing the opening uh, moves and you, you know, so that stuff is real frustrating. So in the gi, it's not that everyone does that, but because my skill in the gi isn't as high as it is no gi, I don't know how to force my attacks as much. I have to address everything. And that just comes from not being as proficient in, in the gi as I am no gi. No gi, it's like, okay, you can you can do what you want, but if my attack is more imminent, I don't even have to address it. And that's what I love about no gi. It's like, okay, fine, fine. You can, you can go for a little attack, but if my attack is, is you know, is, is stronger or if it's going to get to the finish faster, then I don't have to address it. The gi... I have to address every single thing. And, again, that, I'm sure that's also due to me not being as knowledgeable in the gi and knowing when I could just say I ain't worrying about that. But right now in the gi, I worry about everything. I'm like, whoop, whoop, address that, whoop, address that. So, you know, that, that's pretty much it. Spe- speaking of that, speaking of tactical thinking and the ability to use and maximize every minute that you train, I have a, I have a twofold question. First of all, what do you think the most common training mistakes the guys make are? Guys, not in brand new guys, but guys that maybe – are you know getting for their getting ready for their first fight or, or maybe had a fight or two? What do you think the most common training mistakes that those folks do, and how do you think that that wh- and what do you think the most important thing to focus on to fix those common training mistakes might be? Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I know is the is the most common mistake in my opinion, of course, and this is uh this is very important is training and doing your basically your A moves or train training to win training to win. So let me let me let me explain that though. So one, I'm not gonna let someone tap me, unless they're like a a, a real beginner. And you know what I mean? And I'm trying to help them. But anyone with even you know a remotely basic understanding of any martial, I'm not gonna let them hit me. I'm not gonna let them tap me. But at the same time, I do not go hard as I can. With people, it does not make any sense. If I'm going with a guy who's very technical and not athletic, I'm not going to be a beast with this guy. Now, if I'm going with, I know you guys know uh, Ryan Hansler, <laughs> you know, our old training partner. Training oh, with this. Yeah. If I'm going with a beast, I'm going to be a beast. I have to. You know what I mean? But if I'm going with a, a smaller training partner, I, you know, I'm not going to, you know, go as hard as I can go, you know, and it's not this real condescending. That's a lot of things, especially in jujitsu. Some people have this real condescending, like rolling style. And it's, it's really, you know, not that, not that crap. I really hate 
take that. But just you, you're you're working different moves. You're trying to get better. And I love and then not talking about uh, the role or the sparring after uh, after you're done. I think a lot of people make that mistake. I like one of my favorite parts of training, whether it's sparring or whether it's rolling, is talking after it's over. Like, man, yo, when I was trying to do this, what was he thinking? You know, I mean, how tight, how tight was that? Cause, ooh, man, I, I thought about it, but I was like, man, my arm was about to gas out. So I was like, man, let me let him go. So, you know, you really, that's, that's very important. And um, so, so one, yeah. That, that, that's a big highlight of the, uh, of like the Sunday fun day sparring sessions that everyone, hey, tell each other what you did and then switch partners. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and you see that that's room that's is very crucial. no one goes hard until the very end where it's the guys like you and Jeff and Cody sticking around and like the, the bags of, meet like myself get off the mat so you guys can do work like uh yeah it's that very right, controlled right, right. no one and no one goes super hard in there and, and i'm glad you brought that up because we had a we talked about that man. previously man where people go way too hard for no reason like it's it's like yep, the guys in yep. thailand don't go that hard because it's their job they have to get paid they can't get injured and, and speaking of training before, I, you, before I, go ahead go ahead before, no i'm sorry go ahead no 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 go ahead go ahead well, I was going to ask about, you know, you train, you have trained in a number of different environments, and we touched on this in your last interview that you've trained at Triangle Jiu-Jitsu, obviously, at the MMA Institute, and Trevor's talking about the Sunday Funday sparring sessions with some of those cats. I, I want at some point to talk with you about what you've benefited from in each of those training environments and what you think the primary, you know, attributes that you've gained from those well, training even, experiences. You've, you've, you're training Peru for a hot minute, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one thing uh, is just the different mentalities around uh, training. And I, I haven't, I'm not going to say I've adopted one per se, because I think the way you train in some ways is the reflection of your, your personality and your outlook. But it does, it is good to get ex- uh, exposed to different mentalities. Like one thing, when I went to Peru, uh, they obviously have a, a grappling style called Lucha Libre. It's a very aggressive grappling style, heavy emphasis on leg locks, aggressiveness, and, you know, submissions, but not so much off the back. It's about getting up and getting the takedown. But one thing um, that was a, a shock to me there, I, I grappled with this guy named uh, Iban, and he was, uh, he's a Lucha Libre black belt, and he's about maybe 200 pounds, but he used to fight at 155, so he's retired now, but he's maybe, maybe about 40 or something like that. And um, the guy that brought us over there, this guy was, you know, he, he, was, he was rich, you know, like, wealthy so he was um you know he would always make these bets and he was like yeah if anybody lasts with Ebon for you know for for two minutes you know i'll give him two hundred dollars so i'm like man first of all I'm a, ain't nobody gonna tap me in two minutes no gee so then i was thinking like who's relatively my thoughts so i'm like i'm like okay uh no leg locks so i'm thinking like okay maybe you know he's losing me with that bro so so this guy just takes me slams me and i, I felt Man, I felt it felt like I was grappling a bear. Like I, I grappled plenty of jujitsu black belts, even huge guys. But this guy, like his style, was so aggressive and strong, and the pressure. There's, there's absolutely nothing I can say to explain to you guys how this felt. And again, this was a guy who's relatively my size. He's he's fatter, but his frame was about my size. And he just wrecked me. He just wrecked me. And, uh, you know, he said he had to tap us twice. So he tapped me once with some kind of weird neck crank. And it, was, it wasn't even like a good position, but it hurt so bad at a time. So then um, after that, uh, I think I stalled out. And, you know, long story short, he didn't get the second tap. But I told him he didn't, you know, I told him I didn't, I didn't um, you know, I didn't want the money. It was all good. And, um, but it was, it was because uh, 
he was going to pay me. I'm sorry. It was going to be like the, the guy, Big Boss, was going to give money for us, but Ebon was going to pay if we lost. So I didn't want to do it because you know, I'm proud of like, man, look, it's a grown man. I'm not going to. But anyway, that's what I'm saying. It, a lot of times, jujitsu were taught, don't, don't, don't explode. Don't use strength. Don't do this. Nah, man, we like for MMA, that is not bad. Not technique is king. Technique is priority. But you have to explode at the right times. You have to be like the, the days of the unathletic, you know, high-level MMA fighter. Those days are done. Most of these guys, I'm not saying half. I'm telling you, I'm not telling, I'm telling you guys what I know. Because I talk to people, I train people. These guys are used. Almost all <laughs> of these guys are taking some form of performance enhancement drugs. These guys are fighting. They're training full-time. These guys, I mean, the guys are good. You know, guys are good, and they're doing. You know, the more money in the sport, the the more you know, the harder the harder people are going. But um, so so as far as from the, the training goes, it was more of an aggressive style. MMA Institute really taught me um, philosophy on on winning MMA fights, the cage work. You know, like the standing up. Uh, you know, getting back to your feet, uh, takedowns off the cage. We probably do maybe seventy percent as far as training. Cage relates up because that's where a lot of the battle takes place when guys are on the same level. I had no concept of that when I was training, um, you know, in in, in North Carolina. Uh, in North Carolina is where I got my my skills tight. I actually learned how to fight, how to be in mar- a martial artist. My my first Muay Thai gym, so my Muay Thai academy. Uh, Aaron Fisher, you know, a beast, one of the best strikers I've ever uh, trained with. He got my strikers at the point where I felt comfortable striking with anybody. Triangle Jiu-Jitsu, training with Seth Champ and Jake Whitfield, they got my Jiu-Jitsu to the point where I felt like I can defend myself against anybody, regardless of the level, you know, Nogi, anyway. But defending yourself and being competent, that doesn't have to, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean winning. And it does, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that doesn't, you know, surviving. So they taught me a survival, a good survival instinct. So I, I, that's one thing I, I love about uh, jujitsu and in triangles specifically. Um, a lot of times, even in high-level MMA, you see guys, they either win or they get blasted. You know, they're getting ground and pounded. They're doing take, doing. Oh, yeah, stuff. there's, like, there's like that no clear cut, like one fight. They're just it, destroying the whole time. And as soon as it goes wrong, boom, they're out of the fight. They don't know how to handle exactly, that pressure. Yeah, Exactly. They have no – they're, they're doing risky things to get up. Like if I, if I my, my last fight, prime example, now I was on my back a while. I had to wait for the right moment to get up. I could have got up the first round. I could have put. I could have pushed off his head and got myself. But I would have been. It, it's a. It's a small gap where I'd have been very vulnerable. You know where he would have been able to maybe you know get some shots off on the way up. I'm not trying to risk that. I got three rounds. Mm-hmm. I got three rounds. You know what I mean? Now, I'm not saying I was had that same game plan against everybody, but this was a, a physically strong dude. And I know, you know, he's aggressive if, if I'm in a, a, a bad position. And the first round, he's going to be strong. You know what I mean? There's times where I could have done what most people do. They go to dog position and stand up. They, they go to their knees and they stand up. And even the high-level MMA, that works a lot of the times. And with this guy, he might have been blue belt level, maybe a ba- like a baby purple belt level. It probably would have worked against him. But if it had been worked against my training partner, if I do it against my boy Cody, he would have darched me. If I do it against my homeboy uh, Brian at the MAS2, he's another uh, brown belt who loves darts, he would have darts me. So because I train with good guys, I just got the muscle memory not to do stupid stuff just to get up. So, uh, so you know, it, it's a balance. And a lot of times, like I said, guys just, they, they, they do risky stuff, and they, they get hurt, and they get knocked out, and they get, it, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So you're saying that kind of draws on, like, the, 
you have the high-level guys that focus on, I'm going to focus on these four or five-punch combinations, but not the fundamental from the footwork up and understanding what can happen after that combination goes wrong. That, that's one thing right, I, tr- I try to right. preach to guys, where you see these guys working all this fancy, this explosive stuff, but there's no core fundamental footwork, no core have, posture of like where to be at all times. Exactly, the basics, yeah. Right. You can put the – you can put uh, – listen, you know I love doing swagged-out, flashy stuff. Oh, we know. But you cannot <laughs> do that stuff without the ba- – same same in, in jiu-jitsu. You see a lot of these guys, white belts well, – white belt levels, even though they're not training in, in, in the geek, white belt level grapplers, and they, they, they're in love with a lot of rubber guard techniques. And it's like because it's a cheap way to kind of beat someone you're better than sometimes. I remember when I first learned ankle locks. One thing you guys – I never go for ankle locks. Or, or uh, pills, which I, you know, I probably should incorporate it some more. But, but at one point when I learned the ankle locks, it was like, oh my goodness, you know, you you beat, you can beat a few guys who may be a little bit better, but it just hinders the rest of your development. It's like you that new guy learning the head kick. <laughs> it, it, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm gonna throw or, his or head kick worse, without uh, finding a jab. The hand, the, the car will kick. Even worse, oh, the my car God, will yeah. kick or something like that. It's like, dog, you can't even. Throw a jab and step. Yeah. Right. So before we move on from talking, so before we move on from talking about your last fight, I want to talk to you about your upcoming fight the, at the next level fight league. We, Trevor wants to talk to you about the rule changes with pro MMA in North Carolina. But before we move on, okay. you I ain't get on, I ain't forget about you either, Trevor. I'm sorry, Jeff. <laughs> you, 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 you can, you can, you can. It is always the right time to abuse Trevor. So whenever you want to, whenever yeah. you want to abuse Trevor, that's fine. But <laughs> you mentioned that you had a really funny story for us about the last about your last fight <laughs> that I wanted to make sure we made oh, time man. for you to tell. So if now's that time okay okay yeah yeah so basically that's just very nice way of saying like yeah the one you long-winded with these questions so let me make sure i get this answer that's cool so uh so he's such a good dude but anyway um <laughs> I'm, so, I'm the punching uh, back for the show but, uh, and everyone loves jeff i know <laughs> <laughs> but uh so yeah man the last fight this guy like i said he, he's winning grappling wise and i was being reckless i was being real reckless man this guy you know, he said some things that aggravated me before the fight, and, and he, you know, he threw an illegal knee uh, in the first round. I wasn't hurt, but I, I knew he did it on purpose. So I just wanted to, I really just wanted to cave him in. So I was being a little more reckless than usual, but I knew in my mind, okay, third round, tighten up this box, and uh, you know, finish this guy. So uh, I'm on my back in the third round, and we're right in his corner. We're like literally, I, I'm right in this dude's corner, and Myron gets another takedown. And his corner, and it's really, it's really aggravating me. His corner says, yeah, you got him now, Myron. You broke him. Just hold him right here and ride the round out. This dude literally said that. And it was something about him saying, yeah, you broke him. Now, maybe I'm saying that a little harder than he said it, but that's how I heard it, like, <laughs> like, a, like a villain on a yeah, you broke him. <laughs> I, just, broke I picture like the penguin from broke Batman, him. like with the monocle and this kept, long cigarette going, yeah, you got him. Yes. <laughs> broke him just kept, it was like, broke him, broke him, broke him. So I'm like, something, so he's like, he's like just, just, you know, just hold him. So I'm like, oh, oh, and I say it loud, you know, he's right next to me. I'm like, oh, so that's what you teach your guys, just to hold him? He's like, no, we teach our guys to win. And I'm like, oh, okay, did you teach him how to do this? Boom, butterfly sweep. Did you teach him how to do this? Boom, elbow. <laughs> locked in the arm triangle. I, you guys, I am not, I cannot make this up. I'm dead serious. I lock in the arm triangle. I'm like, did you teach him how to do that? Then he taps. <laughs> so, so, so listen, I go, and you, if you watch the fight, you can see the referee lift me up and pull me away from them. I'm in the corner. I bend down right next to his corner. Space. I'm like, deal with it. And he's like, F you. I'm like, F you. So then. 
So, so so the ref picks me up and then kind of like that's my man Mike King, but the ref picks me up and then walks me uh, to the middle of the cage, well carries me to the middle of the cage. But that's what that whole uh, scuffle was. Well, you, I know you guys saw like some drama yeah. in the cage, but yeah. that's 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 what that was all about. That's what it was all about. You know, they was talking some stuff. I was talking some stuff mid fight, and then so that's you know that was that was pretty funny. That is awesome, and what and it, this this happens mid fight, guys. I'm not. It's like the fight is going on as I sweep. I'm like, you teach them how to deal with this. Boom, elbow. Boom. You teach them how to deal with that. Locking arm trying. You teach them how to deal with that. Man, it was. Man, it was it was funny. When inevitably the screenplay is written about the Dewan Owens life story, I think that may be the turning point of the rising action. <laughs> Did you teach them to do this? <laughs> Did you teach your guys to do that? Man, fighting is, is wonderful, man. Fighting is oh my god, it's literally like a play. You can just be any character you want. A lot of people that don't, you guys know me on a personal level. You guys, oh, yeah. you know, but a lot of people they they just see the, the character of Dewan like, oh, this is a cocky dude and this and that and this and that and this. But man, I. I, I love putting that hat on for a little while because I, I never get to do it in any other aspect of my life, man. So it's, it's pretty fun. And, and it's funny. As long as I'm keeping it funny, you know, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. So what's next for you? It's that you're the main event at the next Next Level Fight League show? Yeah, Next Level Fight Promotions, is, um, they're, they're doing a show in um, Jacksonville. I'm oh, sorry. They're doing a show in, uh, in Raleigh. So finally, MMA is coming back to the final. And uh, there was this guy, uh, I don't know if you guys heard this guy, Lou Posey. You know, he's supposed to be. Uh, he was a like, big time wrestler out of North Carolina, then moved out to California and uh, does work with the Black House guys or Minotauro or something like that. I, know, I remember yeah, him being. A, he, was a, he was a really good high school wrestler in North Carolina, and that's how I first. Right. And I saw him fighting, was, and I was like, was whoa, deal. what's he doing? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they called me, and I, look, I ain't throwing no punches on here, man. This cake side cuss cast. We're going to keep it all the way real. So they called me, and they're like, oh, hey, man, how would you like to be? Uh, let me, let me stop giving this dude this voice. <laughs> that was the grimiest promoter voice I've know, ever heard. I don't know why I was doing that. What is wrong with you? That was the grimiest I'm promoter voice I've got, ever heard. You guys got me in a in a trash talking mode. So it's like, like, hey, how would you like to be the uh, you know the co-main event in Raleigh? And then I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> boop, boop. Like my my alarm's going off. Who, who the main event? Who the main event? You, you better be saying Jake Whitfield. You know, you better be saying Brand. You better be saying Brandon Gardner. You know what I mean? You better, you know, you you better be saying something like that. He's like, uh, oh no, Lou Poli. He yo he uh, uh he yo he's got the people up there. Yada yada yada. I'm like, listen, man. He's from out western I Carolina. This, and, this, yeah. this is my house, the Triangle. If somebody from Team Hoist isn't the main isn't the main event, I'm not fighting in the show. So they're like, uh, well, you know, of course I'm bluffing. You know what I'm <laughs> Sort of like, oh, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then, you know, my man Keith Bell's on there. But long story short, then oh, Big Keith is on there. Awesome. Down, it's a, yeah, yeah, but he's fighting Lou. He's fighting Lou. Oh, so He's yeah. going to represent for the triangle. Yeah, yeah man, yeah. I, I don't know if I was supposed to tell that, but either way, you know now. Yeah. So, um, um, they're still they're looking for an opponent for me. Uh, so we got that coming up. Obviously, you guys know our backyard I'm really going to put on the show, but I would love to win by an obscure submission. You know, like I said, uh, uh, calf slicer or bulldog choke. Do you, want, do you want to call out? Tre- do you want to call out Trevor as your opponent because of his <laughs> comments on the show a couple weeks ago? <laughs> Trevor's my man. Trevor's my man. But let me tell you. Okay, listen. Trevor did not say anything wrong. Trevor did not say anything wrong because he's right. When if you know somebody only wants to take you down, then you know you should be having a more measured approach. But real quick, did you, have you guys seen the movie Thirteenth Warrior with Antonio Banderas? Yes, yeah. Indeed. Oh yeah, great movie. Okay, okay, okay. Do you remember the scene where the little guy had, was was going against the uh, big guy? They were kind of like it was like a bet. 
and they had like the the seals and the swords, and he was the and um, the big guys just yeah, mashing at him, mashing at him, waiting for him to gas right. out. Yeah, and he's breaking the he's breaking yeah. the seals, breaking the seals, breaking the seals. And the last one, he parries, and then bam, cuts and the head then off. walks off. Yeah. Okay, when you think about that last artist fight, just think about that. I know. And I even brought that up that you ended up wearing the guy out, but then you said that you came out reckless and got caught up in the heat of the moment and kept throwing the sidekicks. But just, you know, like as a friend and someone's trained with you, and we're I'm hanging out with uh, Jeff Loken and some of the other guys from the Sunday Funday group, we're all just going, oh my gosh, these kicks. Why, Dewan? Why? And then we saw he was tired, and it's like, oh, thank God he pulled it out, but... Like from man, as a, as a friend and someone that's trained with you, man. it is really Trust hard me, to man. see someone do that. It's like if you were to watch oh, me right. fight again, and I I use my usual face to fist technique in a fight, like you go, Trevor, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, look, all right, let me put it like this. And this is the one same way I say training fight. I'm not letting this guy do anything. So even though I'm joking, I didn't let the guy do anything. He did a good job. But at the same time, when I think about the fight entertainment value. If, if I don't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but let's say something happened and the guy slips, and I jump, and while he's playing open guard, and I jump, and then you know he'll hook him in like five seconds. I would hate to win like that. You understand? I would hate to win like that. I got a duty to go out there, murk this guy, and perform. Now again, like I said, I would never uh, blow an opportunity for a finish, but I would not be happy about that. However, I would be happy about an exciting fight. And so even though things, you know, they weren't perfect, you know, I didn't smash them the way I wanted to in the first round, I do like the storyline of it. You know, like that, that, that come behind, cold. like you were down, then he's you come grabbing. back and win. Then, yeah. he, then he comes back, sweeps him, submits him, and then, yeah, you know. Well, I, I mean, that, I like that's it. good, and it makes a good out. story, but don't give your homies heart attacks, man. Like, <laughs> don't make us pull our hair out more than we already do. Trevor's not getting any younger. He already right. looks like Mi- Trevor, Mickey will, from the will, Rocky movie. I know. <laughs> I know. everything. Anything you're saying to me, you're saying I love, I will I will take that accountability. And, and just for you, <laughs> the next time I fight someone, I, I, I will... Take three kicks off of my kick count, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a promise. That's a promise. So I know. So I know Trevor had a question for you about the rule changes with pro MMA in North Carolina. Before we get to that, I just want to let you know. I know you're a fan of all forms of art, including music. For the parting shot, right. in about ten minutes, we're going to talk about walkout music, and we're going to. T- and so I just want to get that mm-hmm. in your mind of thinking about your philosophies on that sort of thing, just to sort of start that percolating. But uh, to, to, let's put a cap on the MMA discussion first. Yeah, uh, Dewan, did you yeah. hear about the uh, upcoming rule changes with uh, North Carolina professional? MMA, the the banishment of the uh, next day weigh-in for pros. Are you excited about that? Very excited about that. And to be honest, on weight, just guys, that's why at a food. lot of big shows don't. That's why a lot of big shows don't come here. Yeah, it, UFC has never come here. Before. Did you hear about the, uh, oh, again, the Bellator again, show again? Did you hear about the Bellator show? What happened with that? With the weigh-ins? I did. I yeah, did. They, they all weighed in at midnight. Yep. Yeah, and then um, it's kind of. Yeah, I talked to a guy who works at uh, PNC. Is one of my students. He's in charge of changing out the floors for basketball and hockey, which is actually a lot cooler than I thought it would be. And he said, "Dude, right. every year the UFC will try to pick. They 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 buy out dates for the PNC arena, and they haven't done that yet." And he's like, "I don't know why." And I'm like, "I kind of know why they don't do that. A UFC show at the PNC arena would be awesome." But yeah, it's that's... incredibly frustrating, man. When you have big shows that come to your scene, it makes the local scene better. It makes yeah. it makes people want, to be, you know, the, the incentive to train harder. It's just that's why, you know, um, in, 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 as far as MMA, we're a little bit behind in um, 
skill level in, yeah, in, that, in North that, Carolina. I'm that be, next day weigh for pros um, really set North Carolina MMA right. back, I feel, yeah. It, it is. And I'm not saying it's solely because of that, but we're definitely a little bit behind our pocket. Our jiu-jitsu is very strong. You know, oh, yeah. I've grappled with a lot of places, and our jiu-jitsu is very strong. But MMA-wise, we're definitely behind the curve. But I think um, with the more events, more pro events, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll definitely get better. Absolutely. Yeah, so... Okay, uh, but then, oh, real quick, on that, on that rule, it's, it's incredibly stupid. Guys are not going to stop cutting weight. Guys, are, if you have weigh-ins on the same darn day, guys are still going to cut just as much weight. So people that don't know anything about the sport, stop stop being silly. And that's to keep it PC and not curse. That's not what I want to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so I, I want to leave... So I know that you have a lot of people that you want to shout out. And I want to leave a lot of time for the, for the music and uh, walkout discussion. And so... Right. Uh, so you know, so let, there are a lot of people. You know, and every you're at a really high level in your martial arts journey. But for anybody that's taken a journey in one of these disciplines, there's lots of folks to help them out along the way. And I'm just wondering if you want to shout some of those folks out now. I'm sorry, there's a lot of people that help me out on the way. Yeah, and like, and just people to sh- that okay. you, that you would want to shout out and thank before we get into the into the parting shot. All yeah, right. yeah, real, real quick, real quick. My man Dave Mansell. When I was fighting from from uh, from uh, from Sasuma Jiu-Jitsu in Charlotte. The black belt. Uh, when I was an amateur and I was not training at a, a good jujitsu gym, I met this guy at, at a fight. He saw me, thought I had potential, invited me to his house. I had to travel to Charlotte every single weekend, two hours. I was working a full-time job and going to school and taking care of baby and my wife. And this guy really looked out for me. That's the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff people don't understand. This stuff, I just wake up like this, swagged out like this. I had to put time in, baby. Um, Roy Marsh. This is another my man. When, when we talk about black belts, a lot, even high-level belts. Again, I'm just going to keep it all in the world. A lot of guys, man, they, they're not going out their way to really help you like that. They'll teach you enough, but they're not going to. Roy is a dude. He will teach you everything and be glad when you do it against him. Good dude, good heart, Roy Marsh. Um, Jake Whitfield, I can't say enough. My man, he's a beast, good dude. A lot of people, you know, oh, you know, I know they feel certain ways about Jake, but I'm going to tell you something. Jake's one of the realest dudes in the jiu-jitsu scene. I've seen other people who everyone loves talk trash about their students and coaches that train with them. Jake, if he has something to say, whether it's right or wrong, he's going to say it to you and anyone in front of your mama, too. That's real, okay? So, Jake Whitford, uh Seth Sham, because of Seth, I will never be scared of anyone's jiu-jitsu, period. James Hogaboom, Boomer has done more for the MMA scene than anyone in North Carolina. And, I, and, and if anybody got a problem with that, you know, well, you're not crazy. <laughs> Boomer done more in, than for MMA scene in North Carolina than anyone. Anyone. So mark that down. James Hogaboom, um, as far as my shout-out, Pro BJJ K-Side MMA, check him out for all your MMA gear and apparel. Um, I'm putting this out there. If I train with somebody and we're doing no-gi, or we're sparring, if I see you and you don't have at least one article of K-Side equipment or clothing on and we're sparring, I'm going to smash you. Um, <laughs> you're going to smash uh, You're going to smash us anyway, Dewan. <laughs> but nah, nah, I love my people, man. We all, we all make each other better, man. I hope you guys know I'm just, I'm just joking. No, of course. Of not, course. Not, not, about, not about the K-Side thing. So oh, real quick before I make okay, I'm sorry. Jake, uh, Roy, uh, man, man, man. Stripe, that's uh, Dave's homeboy out there. Billy Dowie. Uh, he's a man. Brandon Garner, another dude who's selfless as possible, always always looked out. Uh, Danny Daniels, he's not in the scene anymore. Uh, Roly Delgado, Moose and Corbry, Rick, Rick McCoy. All these guys have done wonderful things to help my MMA progression, and I use a little piece of everything that each of them taught me in my fights and philosophy around fighting. 
That's excellent. And and for the for all for the martial artists. And, you know, for all you listeners out there uh, who I heard Dewan shout out James Hogaboom Boomer from Cage Side MMA and Toro BJJ. Boomer will join us in studio next week for an interview about all the changes oh, he's seen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. So maybe maybe you should roll down and surprise yeah. him. But, um, but yeah, man, I will. I will. Because you know he ain't listening to the show. That's how dirty he is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's probably taking a nap. That's that's kind of what he what he does right now. But at this point, we got a, we got a few minutes left, and we're gonna go into our last segment of the day, which is we call the parting shot, which is uh, some some offbeat stuff about the local martial arts experience. And Dewan is going to join me and Trevor for the parting shot where we'll talk about walkout music. But first, I'm going to play a bumper for 15 seconds that hopefully Dewan enjoys. You are listening to the K-Side Concussion Cast. I am listening to the K-Side Concussion Cast. So in the parting shot, we bring you our favorite quick tales of the local martial arts experience. We've talked a lot about the benefits that combat sports bring to our lives, the entertainment it brings to people. But really, for most of us casuals, it's all about one thing. It's about the walkout song. And today we're going to talk about walkout music. Now, I would personally divide most people's walkout music into four categories. It's either hype up music, get the crowd hype. Mellow out mentality music, where it's like you try to get yourself in the right mind space to, to fight or compete. Ironic music, like these dudes that come out to like uh, Jackson 5 or It's Rain and Men. <laughs> or potpourri, like shout-outs to your hometown, pers- songs that have a personal meaning for you and stuff like that. And so, Dewan, what, like, talk to me about your walkout music. How did you choose it? Have you always had the same song? And what, 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 what is the reason that you chose the particular walkout music that you've chosen? Uh, I do switch up songs every once in a while, but anytime I pick one that you know I feel like in that that mo- that era in my life is is working is you know putting me in the mood, I keep that for uh, a couple of fights. Um, I know you you talk you did a great job of explaining the different uh, categories of music that people uh, not music wise but just you know the state that it puts them in. A lot of times when I see people come out to these real playful, like you said, it's late, it's raining men or what's the, what's the girl's name? Um, Oh man, what is her name? She's a singer, she's a pop star. Uh, Adele? She's real popular for people to come. No, 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 no. She's wonderful. This girl's like real pop music, and a lot of people are coming out to some of her songs as like a joke. Miley Cyrus? Uh, Katy Perry. Oh, Katy Perry. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah some, some along those lines. And it's like, I don't understand. Like, when I go out, I really need to be in the zone. I need to be, like, my confidence when I'm warming up, it starts, that's when it starts building. And I'm, I'm back there, I'm like, man, I'm, damn, I'm good. Oh, man, I'm. Shoot, I'm sweet with these. And I'm, my confidence is just building as I crack the pads and work my, my grouse. And then when the music comes on, it's just kill. Like, there's absolutely no ounce of fear, anything. It's just, I feel like a beast. And it's just like it's time to just, you know, perform. It's time to paint. And uh, But that's predicated off of the music to a certain degree. You know, like, you know, I, I, I really do not understand how guys come out to some playful stuff. It's like this. If you're way better than someone then fine. You can beat them, you know, any way you want. You can you beat them on one day's notice. They had a three-month training coming to you way better. But to me, the, you know, the closer the skill is, the closer everything else is, I just need to be in the right mental state, and I like crump, pumped-up music. So let, let give me some tracks. What have you used? Right now I'm coming out to uh, Snaps the Power. I got oh. the power. Uh, you guys may remember it was a soundtrack for the Mario Brothers movie back in the day, but I got the power. Oh man, are you? That's awesome. Yeah, so oh man, I've been killing it to that lady, yeah. man. I love that. Um, and then I used to come out to like some real hardcore hip hop, 
uh, as a young buck, it was called uh, Stump. You know, and that was a good one. And plus, I like it in the beginning. He said something about, you know, Dirty South. So I always act like he was, you know, talking to me. But, uh, but yeah, just, you know, I might mix it up in the future. But it's got to be something that, that gets me hype. And it's got to be something that gets the crowd hype. Like, I want, when I come out, I want people who haven't seen fights. Like, oh, man, who that? Who, oh, man, this dude. Okay, I, I want to watch his fight. That's, that's how I want people to, uh, to feel, you know. And I think using uh, the same music sometimes consistently, it really builds like this. You know, or like that's your music. I don't know if you guys remember Anderson Silva used to always come out to that DMX song, uh, "Ain't No Sunshine." Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ain't No yeah. Sunshine when it's on, right? Ain't No Sunshine. Yeah, so so don't it really, sing. you know, I don't know. That's it's not your career. That don't sing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, and I remember the I remember the snap song when you came out to that. And I've just so two things about that. First of all, we created a playlist of walkout music that we posted to the Facebook page. Our Facebook page is Cage Side Radio. I've just added Dewan's walkout music to that. So if you want to engage with us, post in the comments, get at us on Twitter, let us know what walkout music you have used, or if you were to take a fight, what walkout music you would use. This stuff is always kind of fun to think about. And one thing about the sort of get the crowd hype music, the second thing I'd like to mention is me and Hamid Sanders who we've all trained with, we're watching a, a, a local amateur show. And Hamid, like this dude who was not necessarily the highest level fighter, came out to the Kanye West song Power, which is an incredible yeah. hype-up song, right? Like very like yeah. driving bass beat, like sick chorus. And Hamid turns to me, he's like, if you're going to come out to that, you better whoop the guy. <laughs> and I was gotcha. like... Right, right, right. Yeah, so that's, that's good. You're kind of taking a risk, I think, by, by doing that. But uh, Yeah, for amateur guys, that or like the guys that that haven't fought before, it's their first fight, and they come out just going nuts. Oh, that kills me sometimes to see that. Yeah, you know, and I get that to a certain extent. Like, Dewan, you know, Dewan's a professional fighter who's had, you know, how many total fights do you have, amateur and pro? Ooh, I don't know, man. Like, 30-something. You're in the 30s, 30s almost 40 or so. And, yeah. and so with Dewan, you know he's going to continue, and he's going to build, like, and so the branding thing, right, like with Anderson Silva, where you have, hey, that's his song, and now you hear the power, and right. you're like, oh, Dewan's coming out. If you're if you're an amateur guy right. who's going to have one, maybe two fights, then maybe I understand the getting hyped up. Like, when I like I had a, a jiu-jitsu match in the cage at the Bull oh, City yeah. Brawl. The one time, and it was really, like, a dream for me, so I'm always grateful for that. And it was like, for me, I was like, i got to choose this song. This is not a decision to be made lightly. Right, because like I might never right, do this right. again. You know, I might not. I might do this yeah. again. I'd, I'd totally be open to doing it right. again. But you got to be prepared for this is my chance to like to do this. And so I picked um, I picked a, uh, uh, an LP song, which is uh, the remix, uh, the cassettes don't listen remix of the LP song Flyantology, which I thought was pr- was yeah, pretty. Yeah, when fun. you played that, I was like, man, like at first I didn't get it. Then I listened to it, I was like, this is Jeff Shaw, nerdy nerd yeah. rap. It's totally <laughs> what I'm about. So Tre- Trevor, what's your what was your walkout song? Uh, uh, that's all by Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 18, 19 years old, and I was fighting in Virginia just last minute, I was fighting like 170 pounds, 185, like just being a goober that I was. And uh, I was like, all right, just uh, play something by, I don't know, Phil Collins. <laughs> like when they asked me, and all of a sudden, that's all. Like that piano kicked in, and I was like, oh, cool. And I just came bouncing out, smiling like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And and that's me at 18 years old at that time, yeah. Well, you know, nothing says fighting oh, like Phil Collins. Does me, I'm 18. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing says fighting like Phil Collins, or at least since I've always kind of wanted to punch Phil Collins in the face. Oh, um, sorry, sorry. Had to be said. <laughs> had to be said. Well, the the other thing, like, so I understand sort of the people that come out to more mellow songs because, like, you know, Dewan talks about the value of hyping up the crowd, of sort of you know getting people excited for the entertainment value. But you know, I also think you know you we've all seen fighters experience an adrenaline dump, oh, where you God. sort of like, and you know, I see these dudes where they use more energy. 
in their walkout than they do in the first round of their fights. And it's like if you're quite Clay Guida or something, you know, right? I mean, we've oh, all yeah. seen that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so you're like, yeah. man, don't, 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 don't blow, don't leave it all out there on your way to the cage, man. Yeah. So, so I totally understand. Like, like the, the like I'm not a Matt, I'm not a Matt Hughes fan at all, but like I understood why he wanted to come out to oh, Country Boy Can Survive because it's like, all right, it's not going right. to get his adrenaline firing. You know, I love that. Oh yeah, that was, that was a great example. Of, that was honestly a better example than the Anderson one because mm-hmm. everyone knows that. Not to cut you off, but that yeah, not that, please always that's cut exactly me. Exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. How Matt Hughes when you when you when you when that Country Boy Can Survive come on, you knew it was about to go down. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care. You know what, demographic? I don't. I don't care. You, you, you knew it's about to get real, and and that was just a, a hard dude. Yeah, random, but. Mm-hmm. Well, so folks who are listening out there, and if you so, we have a playlist of all this stuff, and I've just added the songs that Dewan has mentioned to our, our playlist on Spotify. It's on our Facebook page if you want to go and check the link. So get at us on Twitter at Cageside WHUP or on Facebook at Cageside Radio. Add walkout songs that you think need to be in there, whether they fall into the hyped category, the mellow category, the ironic category, or any other category you want. Uh, we yeah we want to hear from you about what about what you think is cool what would be interested in, so we're gonna finish up with Dewan here in a second. Uh, next week we'll be interviewing James Boomer Hogaboom in studio from Cage Side MMA yeah. and, and uh, Toro BJJ. We're also gonna have an interview with Fredson Paishow from that seminar, and that's gonna be really exciting. So Dewan, do you have any parting words uh, for the audience? We want to thank you for coming on again. It's always entertaining to talk to you. And when we expand the Concussion Cast to two hours, to- totally gonna have you oh, in studio yeah. again. But but for now, any any parting oh, words yeah. for the audience? Uh, one, appreciate you guys, Case I Cuss guys, for having me on. Jeff, my man from way back. Trevor, <laughs> man, we got someone here. This is my dude. But mainly I want to <laughs> say much love and respect to everybody out there striving and grinding. Just, you know, again, trying to – I mean, it's it's hard out here. So everybody putting forth effort to, you know, get better at everything they're doing. And most importantly, let's work on becoming better humans. Uh, you know, then I just want to say much love and respect to them. Uh, much love and respect to the whole martial arts uh, scene. And especially my North Carolina family, because that's, you know, love all you guys. Uh, out of everybody I've trained with, I probably got the closest personal relationships with uh, my, my people in, uh, in North Carolina. Much love and much thanks to Dewan Dirty South Owens. He fights next in January at the Next Level Fight League show. He will be the main event. What's the date yeah. of that fight, Dewan? January 23rd is going to be at the fairgrounds at the Kerr Shaw, Kerr Scott building or something like that. Uh, if you guys are not on Facebook, I mean, they don't have me on Facebook, add me on Facebook. I pretty much add anyone in that's in dealing with martial arts pretty wanton and indiscriminately. Anyone else, it just depends on if I know them. But MMA-related, I don't care. I just add them. Uh, yeah, so January 23rd is going down. You know, I'm going to represent put on the show for you guys. He and, always. Uh, he, I feel like this is random. I feel like two more, and we're going to be there. After these two fights, I'm just going to chill, stay in shape, and just not fight, and just wait for a late notice call. And you but said that you, you do not have an opponent yet, or you're still looking for one. Yeah, they're still looking for somebody. They had one guy, but I think they had some negotiation, like the money issues, weren't enough. But I don't care who they bring. He wasn't getting you know, paid enough to get elbowed fight. by you. <laughs> Say it again. He wasn't getting paid enough to get elbowed by you. Yeah, you, yeah, man, he's trying to, trying to milk him. It's all <laughs> you, good. You couldn't pay me enough to get elbowed by Dewan Owens, but I would pay to hear him talk about virtually anything. I would always pay to watch him fight. So get tickets for that show, guys. Go out and support Dewan. I want to thank Dewan Dirty South Owens once again for being a tremendous interview. Next week, James Boomer Hogaboom from Cage Side MMA and Toro BJJ, as well as Fredson Paisha from Jiu-Jitsu. My thanks as always to Trevor Hayes. My thanks to Dewan Owens, and my thanks to all of you folks for listening in. We're going to let Tune and the Real Law play us out. You. Yeah. Take care, guys. Take care. Take care, Dewan. All right, guys. Take care.
104.7 FM, 